It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, you can check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows here across the Locked On Podcast Network. Got plenty of the NFL shows, college football shows, which has got crazy stuff going on there in college football. Brian Kelly leaving to go to LSU and Lincoln Riley going to USC. Wild things going on there. So make sure you go check out those podcasts all across the network and follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday throughout the season, unless there's a holiday going on that time, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So either at me or DM me. But first, make sure to follow me at Julian Council. Uh, quite a few things I want to get into on today's show. Not quite sure whether I'm going to get to all of them. Might have some of them spill over tomorrow. Might have a guest on tomorrow. Not quite sure yet, uh, as we have the bye week here. In Carolina, as the Carolina Panthers sit at five and seven here in week 13 of the NFL season. A lot of folks are frustrated, which has been the common theme throughout the season here in Carolina as Matt Rule, I don't want to call him embattled, but Matt Rule has not lived up to the expectations and lived up to the trends that we've seen in his previous stops back in college at Baylor and at Temple. We're going to get into more of that here a little bit later on in the show. More bad news coming down the pike for the Carolina Panthers on Tuesday afternoon. Of course, Dante Jackson, the fourth-year corner, going to be a free agent this upcoming offseason, is out for the remainder of the season being placed on IR with a groin injury, making him the second consecutive Carolina Panther in as many days to be deemed out for the season. Um, We heard on Monday... Of course, that Christian McCaffrey would be placed on IR after suffering an ankle injury in the loss to the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Apparently, the injury that did not cause him to be placed on the injury report in-game, it was reported by Jen Hale, who was on the sidelines for Fox on that broadcast Sunday, that he was trying to work it out and could play and could come back, and he did not come back in the second half, and we will not see Christian McCaffrey here again in 2021, and we'll see what the future holds for Christian McCaffrey As I talked about on Tuesday's show, the contract is pretty prohibitive. Uh, He was signed that four-year extension for $64 million. Y'all know how I think about that. You do not sign running backs to those kind of deals. They should be making federal minimum wage, which I believe is $7.25 an hour. That would fit perfectly in a salary cap and would have been a great decision for the Carolina Panthers to make. But instead, because they're losing all of these, these key franchise cornerstones, and Christian, you know, he earned it. With his play and the last time he was healthy, the thousand thousand season, they decided to give him a four year, $64 million contract that doesn't really kick in until you guessed it next season, which is going to be a problem for the Carolina Panthers as all that cap money 
for the next upcoming seasons. But Christian's still young, and hopefully he'll be able to stick around and be healthy. But the luck for him has just not been there. He's been injury-plagued more so than injury-prone. Don't really love that term, injury-prone, but it's one that's being placed on Christian McCaffrey. And maybe it's one that you can place on Dante Jackson at this point in time. Dante, his first couple years here in Carolina as a young player, wasn't very coachable. Didn't want to listen to veterans like Eric Reed or Captain Munderland. And Munderland didn't have a great year um, back in 2018 when Dante Jackson was a rookie. But still, those are young, those are older guys that you should listen to. We saw that in the All or Nothing series that came out on Amazon in the summer of 2019, just highlighting just Dante Jackson's rookie season and that entire season for the Carolina Panthers. And he did not come across great in that series. And his second year. When Rob Rivera was fired with four games left in the season, you saw him getting benched on the road uh, against the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, it was the Colts game. Perry Fuel, who's now in the league office with officiating, he was the interim coach at the time. He benched Dante Jackson. That didn't make any sense for an interim and for that to be allowed by the owner and David Tepper. I know I'm not someone who wants to see the ownership kind of step in and make decisions on the field like the one that Tepper made by telling Ron Rivera to run a 3-4 defense in his final year and be the defensive play caller. But still, in that situation where you have a young second-year player who's a second-round draft pick, you don't want to see them being benched in a meaningless game at the end of the season when you know a new coaching staff is coming in and Perry Fuel was not going to be the next head coach. I had said at the time back when I was working on WFNZ, I was filling in around the Christmas holiday that, if anything, Perry Fuel was just there to be the Rooney Rule candidate, which is kind of how the NFL's operated. Of course, Eric Bieniemy, who's still the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, he was interviewed, did not get the job, and they landed on Matt Rule, and we're here sitting, having a conversation about Dante Jackson, who last season was good when available, but wasn't really healthy with the turf toe injury, and there's a great article on ESPN.com that I should put out that came out about a month ago that highlighted Dante Jackson his battle with that, but also highlighted just how severe of an injury that actually has become the turf toe and how much research has been put into um, those turf toe injuries. And you should read it. I'll, maybe I'll link it out at some point in time here on my Twitter page at Julian Council. But that hurt Dante Jackson, and now this season he's dealing with this groin injury that's going to have him out for the final five games of the season. So maybe he's injury-prone, injury-plagued. This was a big season for Dante Jackson. If you listen to the show dating back to this spring, I had been pretty vocal in my belief that Dante Jackson was going to have a breakout season. And he has had a really good season up until the last two weeks where at home in Cam's homecoming and Ron Rivera's return with the Washington football team, he got cooked by Terry McLaurin, who odds-on is a better player than Dante Jackson. That's a mismatch. And in his past weekend... Albeit he had a lot of tackles, he wasn't great against Miami, and his defense has kind of declined over the last couple weeks. After, what, three weeks ago against Atlanta, not Arizona, excuse me, on the road, Dante had an interception, looked fantastic. He loves playing in the desert, and maybe that might be a destination for him moving forward as I don't know what his future is here in Carolina past this season. I've had the conversation multiple times here prior to Robbie Anderson getting the extension that I did not believe the Carolina Panthers would keep both of those guys. It would be either Robbie or either Dante Jackson. They've gone out and they've kept Robbie Anderson, and he has not repaid them at all for the belief and trust and faith they put into him, and that's part of the quarterback issues this year, the offensive line issues, but also Robbie Anderson just not coming every Sunday ready to play and performing at the level that's expected of him. But Dante Jackson has in a contract here, and those are undefeated. But is he some of the Carolina Panthers should be putting all their money in, their eggs in that basket moving forward. I'm not quite so sure. 
Scott Fitterer says that they have a plan, that they can keep Dante, they can keep J.C. Horn when he comes back next season, they can keep C.J. Henderson, who they traded a third-round pick, and Dan Arnold uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars for a former first-round pick in 2020. They can keep him, they can keep T- Keith Taylor, they can keep Stan Thomas Oliver, and they can keep Stephon Gilmore, who I think I already said. But still, like, can they really? Do they need to? A.J. Boye as well? There's a ton of cornerback depth the rest of the season where you're not all that concerned about Dante being out. But is he really worth the money? Like, let's think about this. You can get to Stephon Gilmore for probably, what, three years, $15 million. That's what he's probably going to be looking for. We'll see what the market's like. And I don't blame him for wanting to leave here um, after how things have played out so far the last couple weeks since he has actually been active for the Carolina Panthers. And his team is likely not going to make the playoffs. They're still only a half game out because the NFC playoff picture is a complete mess. But a half game is a half game. And in theory, they're still in this. But if you're Stephon Gilmore, do you want to be here? I don't know. You have a home here. You're going to come back here whether you play here the next three seasons the rest of your career or not. But I'd love to have Stephon Gilmore over having Dante Jackson. There's been plenty of fans who have asked me on Twitter and have asked just in general to anyone who listen, why hasn't Gilmore gotten more reps? He played, I think, 43 reps on Sunday. And every time he's out there on one of these key players, like a Kyle Pitts, like a Terry McLaurin, like a uh, Jalen Waddell, who was awesome on Sunday for Miami, those guys seem to disappear. He's only two years removed from being the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Would I rather have that guy or Dante Jackson? I think I'd rather have that guy. I don't care if Dante's a younger player. Who's the better player? And a better player is Stephon Gilmore. Now, how many more years does he have at that level? I don't know. But if you sign him to a... Smaller deal like that where you still don't have to pay C.J. Henderson if he even is someone that you want to invest in long term or J.C. Horn for another three or four years. That probably is a better investment, right? And then Keith Taylor is also on a rookie deal, has three more years before he would be due a contract if that's something that they want to do. You got A.J. Bouye again for one more season if they want to keep him on the roster you tell me that you got those five guys? I feel pretty good not needing to bring back Dante Jackson, especially when you consider Hassan Reddick is going to be a pro bowler and the amount of sacks he's had this season. He needs to get paid. DJ Moore, who's fallen off over the last couple of weeks, he has already had his fifth-year option picked up for next season where he's going to make $11 million. This is the offseason where he's going to want to get paid. And remember, his he's not his GM. His agent is Drew Rosenhaus. Do the Carolina Panthers really need Dante Jackson? Has he shown enough through his four years to prove that he should be here in Carolina moving forward? I don't really think so. He got a clean slate with Rule, but he wasn't healthy last year. He was good this year, was a captain this year. The last couple weeks, especially against top guys, you've seen that he's just not that. And he wouldn't be in those situations had J.C. Horn been available. And they said on draft night that they drafted J.C. Horn so they could have someone opposite of Dante Jackson. But we saw game one that J.C. Horn was out there on the number one guy. And that would be the case till this day had he been healthy. So you're really going to go out there and pay a number two corner when you have a guy like Stephon Gilmore who has proven he's a number one and you also have younger players like Keith Taylor who's proven themselves to you and C.J. Henderson who has an opportunity to also be a really good player. Where are you going to give Dante Jackson that money? doesn't really seem like it's a smart business decision for the Carolina Panthers. We'll spend plenty of time throughout the offseason talking about this as we head towards the free agency in March, and that will be a conversation that we're going to be having as we got a bunch of farmer's market games coming up here in Charlotte in the next couple of weeks as the Carolina Panthers sit at 5-7 and seven heading into this bye week. And 
There's other conversations that need to be had on the show, and we'll get into one of them here as well. I spoke on this on Tuesday. Matt Rule, y'all want him to go back to college, but is he that kind of guy? I don't know. We'll get into that here in just a moment. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the football season continues to march towards the playoffs. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I don't know how clearly this comes across uh, my Twitter feed or when I do this podcast, but for those of you who don't know, I'm a pretty big college football fan. Like, love college football by and large is my favorite sport here in the continental United States. I'm a college guy. I like college football. Uh, I don't know how much I love college basketball anymore with how the landscape of the game has changed so much. I'm all about players having the freedom to move around and transfer and NIL. I think it's great. But I just miss the glory days, man. I miss guys staying for, staying for three or four years. And just nowadays, everyone thinks they're going to go to the NBA and be LeBron James or Dame Lillard or Steph Curry. And it's just, I don't think it's a realistic dream, which makes college football a little bit nicer because you got the guys who are going to stay around for a couple years. And of course, there's a transfer portal and all that. But good players don't typically leave schools unless their coach is just complete buffoon. And they're like, I got to get out of here and try and get my draft stock up like we've seen probably down at Georgia Tech with Jameer Gibbs leaving Georgia Tech, former top 100 player, and entering the transfer portal. So there's a little bit of college football talk there for you. There's been plenty of college football talk here recently um, as it pertains to the head coach of the, Nor- of the, not the North Carolina Panthers, the Carolina Panthers, although they are located in North Carolina, not headquarters in um, North Carolina for much longer, but still. The Carolina Panthers head coach, Matt Rule, is someone that y'all are just not happy with right now. And we had the conversation yesterday about whether the Carolina Panthers and, well, David Tepper, the man who owns the team, should be looking to make a change in leadership at the head coach position. I, right now, do not believe that should be the case. Has Matt Rule done a good job this year? I don't think so. This organization, I does they just don't really make sense in terms of a lot of the decisions that they've made so far. And they've tried to skip steps. When I say that, you look at the quarterback position. Was getting rid of Cam Newton a mistake? Maybe to you. To me, I don't think it was the mistake. It sure it could be a mistake. And I understand I understand where people are coming from when they say that. But to me, the mistake was not identifying a quarterback of the future that you could develop 
build this organization around and give some the fan base someone to believe in. Instead, you gave them Teddy Bridgewater, which, okay, that's fine. But if you're going to do that, then you need to draft the quarterback either back in 2020 or this past draft back in 2021 where you had Justin Fields and Mac Jones, who you coached at the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, right there available for you at eighth overall. They tried to skip the quarterback development and try to find one when they got rid of Bridgewater and then try to trade for Stafford, and that didn't work out because he didn't want to come here. And him and Sean McVay fell in love in Cabo. And there was also the Sean Watson dalliance that they had multiple times back in the spring before the season started and, of course, before the trade deadline. But that hasn't happened. It might happen eventually. And I'm sure they're going to go right down that path again this upcoming offseason. We'll get more into that here in just a moment, too, about just Cam Newton, how he factors into the constant hunt for Red October. Well, I'm sorry, for a quarterback. And whether that's going to be him or not. But they try to skip the quarterback steps and you just don't do that. How often do you see organizations come out when they have a new GM or head coach in their first couple years and not draft a quarterback? Last year, didn't they had a new head coach, didn't draft the quarterback. This past year, got a new head coach going to second year, a new general manager, and they don't land on a quarterback. And I think a lot of that has to do with the owner. They've tried to skip steps there. And they've also tried to skip steps in terms of this rebuild this season. They got off to a 3-0 start, which we had a conversation about multiple times, and it was very easy for anyone to see the Carolina Panthers had a pretty good chance of starting off 0-3 based off of who their opponents were. That happened, and this team felt that they could be a playoff team this year. I certainly got sucked into it. Y'all certainly got sucked into it, but was it ever a, re- a reasonable possibility? I said going into the season, I thought they could be 3-0, but I also said they, I thought they'd be 8-9 and miss out on the playoffs. And 8-9 this year actually might be enough for the Carolina Panthers. Hard to envision that they get there. But they try to skip steps by bringing in Stephon Gilmore, and then, you know, Donald gets hurt. I don't think Cam Newton's skipping a step because they had to do something to try and salvage the season, if at all possible. But they haven't done the foundational things, like identifying a quarterback properly and by building an offensive line. Defense looks good. They've certainly put a lot of assets and value into that side of the football, but overall they haven't, which leads to the question of Matt Rule and his program building here in Carolina. And David Tepper called Matt Rule a program builder when he introduced him at the Atrium Health Dome or whatever the hell they call it there off of Cedar Street in Uptown Charlotte when it was a press conference, really a a pep rally back in January or February, whenever it was, of 2020. And if he believes that to be the case, these things aren't just built. He said it himself. Rome wasn't built in a day. Matt Rule asked the fan base, would you be fine with short-term suffering if it meant, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, the 20 years of sustained success, which we were promised here in Carolina. Well, that's the advice that David Tepper didn't even take for himself because David Tepper, he couldn't stand it after one season of Bridgewater and say, go get a new quarterback. We got to be in constant pursuit. And that led to Sam Darnold, who was a bum, who's worse than Teddy Bridgewater. And now has the Carolina Panthers asking questions about what are they going to do moving forward with the organization, which then leads all the fans to be concerned about Matt Rule, where the team is still not buying into his message. They bought into it five times, but not seven times, which is their record five and seven to where you're seeing the same mistakes, the most penalized team in the league. They're having just boneheaded coverage issues when they're going on on special teams. Just things that should not be happening at this level, which makes you wonder if he's in over his head, which is a, a reasonable question to ask after 28 games of his tenure here in Carolina and five more to go. 
if he makes it that, that far. And I think he will. And a lot of you are now saying he should go back to college. According to Stephen Godfrey, at 38 Godfrey on Twitter, he works for Split Zone Duo, College Football Insider, probably someone you haven't heard of, but he's pretty much batting a 1,000 when it comes to these coaching carousel jobs. The only one he's missed out on has been Kalen DeBoer taking the Washington job out there in Montlake and Seattle um, for the Huskies program. But he reported on Tuesday in her podcast that LSU actually shook the tree. He didn't say kick the tires, but shook the tree on Matt Rule and whether he wanted to go back to college. And if he thought that the Carolina Panthers was an uh, organization he wanted to stick with, if he thought the NFL was right for him. And there's there's questions about whether they are it is right for him, and I, I don't know if it is. But according to Stephen Godfrey, Matt Rule is not the kind of guy who is going to leave a job midseason to go back to college. He's not going to pull a Bobby Petrino who sent some sort of email, or actually wasn't an email, he left a Word document on the seats of every Atlanta Falcons player's locker telling them I'm out, going to Arkansas, whoopig suey. That's not the kind of guy that Matt Rule is. He just can't bail midseason, which is the only way he's going to get one of these top college jobs. Now, Notre Dame reportedly is going to wait for Luke Fickle, so there is a possibility that if maybe Luke Fickle decides that he doesn't want to go to Notre Dame, which I don't see that playing out that way, that maybe Matt Rule after the season could have an opportunity. But if you're an NFL head coach, the only way to get a college job is you get fired in December and not on Black Friday, which has been pushed back a week now that there's an extra game in mid-early January. Going to be hard for Matt Rule to, to leave, and it, apparently he doesn't want to leave. He's not that kind of guy. So all the folks out there who are saying, Matt Rule, hey, go take one of these college jobs, according to Stephen Godfrey, who's pretty plugged in when it comes to college football stuff, that's not going to be the case. So I hate to tell you that, but maybe we should stop suggesting Matt Rule go back to college when all the good college jobs that he would be looking at, and I know Temple's back open again, are unlikely to be available when the Carolina Panthers season is over. When the Panthers season is over, will they have any more clarity when it comes to the quarterback position and Cam Newton, his future here in Carolina? We'll get into more of that here in just a moment. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy, so many flavors. You'll have a hard time choosing one. Will you have raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, or double chocolate cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it and things could get out of hand. Your friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings with so many flavors they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar in a piping hot cup of cocoa, let it melt a little, and give your beverage a little bit of that Built Bar flavor. 
Plus, you'll have a nice melty built bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand. Like some of the marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on built bar puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We don't need to sugarcoat it. Cam Newton was just downright awful on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins, right? And it brings me no joy to say that. We just can be honest about this whole evaluation of Cam Newton because it's very important to the future for a lot of people in Carolina. Honestly, it's vitally important um, to the future of Matt Rule. And we've already had the conversation earlier about whether it was a mistake or not. And I don't necessarily believe it was a mistake that they did let him go. Um, I think it was a mistake that they did not identify a quarterback to succeed him, at least the quarterback of the future, which neither Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Darnold were ever going to be. And hopefully for the Carolina Panthers, they're not in the same position again this offseason. Now, if they are, they can't get this wrong. Because if they do, Matt Rule's done here in Carolina. And I would say that when it comes to the quarterback decision, I know Scott Federer was also a part of the decision to trade for Sam Darnold. I want to place majority of that on Matt Rule and also on David Tepper because Tepper is the one who didn't want to sit there and watch Teddy Bridgewater and Rule is the one who brought Teddy Bridgewater and basically threw him under the bus and said, yeah, we're done here with Teddy Bridgewater. And then they ended up landing on Sam Darnold and Fitterer hadn't really been on the job that long. So I will at least give him the benefit of the doubt early on. But Cam Newton's someone that they brought in out of desperation. Let's be honest about it. The Carolina Panthers do not believe in P.J. Walker. We listened to the broadcast of Chris Myers and Daryl Moose Johnston throughout the game on Sunday. As they said, bring in P.J. Walker. I'm looking on Twitter and seeing this guy T.J. Jenkins and Benjamin Albright, who are apparently quarterback gurus. Albright does radio at KOA in Denver, and he's saying you got to put in P.J. Walker, he's the better player, which is asinine. This other guy who's apparently a quarterback whisperer knows all is saying the same thing, and then what happens when P.J. Walker goes in there? Two sacks, throws an interception, and the offensive line did him no favors, and they also did Cam Newton no favors. And that's the thing where Matt Rule didn't really look at going to P.J. until they had to go two-minute, and he said that Cam just doesn't have the understanding of the offense yet. Cam did play Miami twice last year while in New England, so he understood the zero blitzes that he was going to have to deal with and Brian Flores' defense and kind of the personnel that they had over there in Miami, especially Xavier Howard, who had the interception off of uh, Cam when he undercut the dig route that DJ Moore was running. Poor route, poor throw. But Cam also said that they kind of got exposed where he doesn't have a full understanding of Joe Brady's offense, and how could he after two and a half weeks? It's an excuse, but it's also a reason why things didn't work out on Sunday afternoon for Carolina and their offense, especially Cam Newton, who, man, these numbers are just brutal. 5 of 21, 
92 yards, two interceptions. Only He only took one sack and then a 5.8 rating. I've never seen someone have a rating that low. It goes up to um, 158.3. It's a perfect rating, by the way, for those out there who don't know. Cam was awful. Was it all on him? No. But if Cam Newton has those performances moving forward, we can all recognize that he's not going to be the Carolina Panthers quarterback, even if the offensive line is having disastrous days like that. Because, OK, they're having disastrous days. but The quarterback's not doing much to help them out either. And that was kind of the thing with Sam Darnold. The offensive line stinks. We got it. It's been well established. But Sam Darnold didn't help anyone else either. And giving the football away was part of it. And Cam looked really good against Washington. Looked great in the nine snaps he played against Arizona, so we knew that he could help them. He's a better option for the Carolina Panthers for the remaining five weeks of the season than P.J. Walker, who in limited snaps has not shown, at least to me or more importantly to the coaching staff and Matt Rule, who's known him for a long time, that that is the guy who gives them the best opportunity to win. If they felt that he was, then he would be out there starting or he'd be a part of the game plan in a bigger role than he is currently. Moving forward, Matt Rule says he doesn't see any reason why Cam Newton wouldn't be the starter. At least he expects Cam Newton to be the starter after the bye week where he's going to be able to get into playbook and work alongside quarterback coach Sean Ryan and gain a better understanding. And I would expect Cam Newton to play a hell of a lot better next Sunday against Atlanta just based on they're going to be home and he has a better understanding of the offense. So that's important. And I'm not here to bang on Cam and say, like, oh, he's terrible. Like he's not going to be the answer for Carolina. I don't know what's going to happen. But he has to play the way he played against Washington the remainder of the weeks. If Carolina is going to have any chance of finding their way into the playoffs, I don't think it's likely based off of McCaffrey being out the rest of the year. And also Dante Jackson, even though I would say that the McCaffrey injury is certainly a bigger one, but it's one that they've gotten used to over the last two seasons in Joe Brady's offense as he's going to now miss 23 of the 33 possible games here in the two years under Matt Rule and his coaching staff. But man, Cam's got to be good if they're going to be able to figure things out. Because that's the, that's the major question we all know going this offseason. Because even when they brought in Cam, there was always a possibility that Cam Newton wasn't good enough and that they did not see him as a future to where the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton were headed towards another breakup. Now, hopefully, if they are, and I don't want it to happen, but hopefully if they are, the Carolina Panthers, one, don't sponsor the drama of it with Honeywell in that they just say, hey, Cam, we're going to move on and we're going to let you go here in February and give him an opportunity to find a new home at the beginning of free agency instead of at the end when other teams have already signed their quarterbacks and then disguise it by telling Cam that we're allowing you to seek permission for a trade or we're giving you permission to seek a trade. Like that's complete garbage. Don't do that this time if it comes to that. And then two, I'm hoping that they have a plan. They don't seem to have a plan at quarterback. I think the plan initially was Teddy Bridgewater was going to be the bridge. All jokes aside there. And then they were going to draft a rookie. But instead, David Tepper had sat there, watched another bad season, and saw the pandemic and what had happened to the bottom line. It was like, screw that. I got to get a headliner in here immediately. And they didn't get Stafford, didn't get Deshaun, got stuck with Darnold, and we're sitting here on the conversation today on December 1st. like It's just, it hasn't worked out. So if Cam Newton has to play well the, the rest of the way, if he's going to have any chance of being the starting quarterback here next season, I have no problem with them bringing back Cam. If they bring back Cam, I still believe, if they bring back Cam Newton and say Cam is just okay, and he proves that he maybe with a full offseason in this 
this offense that, that he might be the best option in 2022. If they do that, they've got to identify an offensive line, but they'd also be pretty wise to go out there and identify a young quarterback. Doesn't have to be a first rounder, could be a second rounder, could be a third rounder, and maybe that guy could be the future. Like they've they have to have a better plan. If you want to have Cam, then you have to know what's the next steps past Cam. I don't know where he's at physically in terms of like whether his body's gonna hold up through a full 17 game season next year if he is here in Carolina. All I want to know is what's the plan after Cam? Because they didn't have a plan last time around when it was like, oh, we don't want Cam Newton because of the physical stuff and new head coach and all the egos and trying to establish culture. But what's it going to be this time around? Because eventually, he's not going to be a Carolina Panther. Hopefully, if everything goes well, it's in five, seven years. I don't think that's going to be the case, though. I think best case scenario, it's probably two or three years that he's no longer a Carolina Panther. And by that time, there might be better quarterback prospects out there that can help this franchise immediately. And maybe at that point in time, David Tepper will be patient enough to sit there and wait for a rookie to develop over three seasons if they do develop to the kind of player that you want them to be that gets them paid. And we've already seen the last time they had a a super-duper great quarterback class of 2018, Josh Rosen never got really an opportunity but didn't have it. We know Darnold is terrible. Um, Also, like Baker Mayfield... What's the deal there in Cleveland? Like next year might be his last year. He's battling through injuries, not helping himself at all. He's going to war with the fans. Josh Allen was spectacular last year, but now he's kind of back to just being like just okay. And then Lamar has been the best of the five. So every time they talk about, oh, we got these great quarterback drafts, like this year so far, Mac Jones looks really good. Um, Zach Wilson hasn't looked good at all. Trevor Lawrence, he's playing in Jacksonville. I don't really know. Like he's gotten better. I don't watch the Jags play, but from what I've heard, it seems like he's getting better. Uh, the other quarterbacks out there, like Trey Lance, isn't really getting the opportunity. We'll see what the what they look like at the end of the day. But we talk about all these times, oh, it's a weak quarterback draft. It doesn't mean that that's going to be the case. Because even a strong quarterback draft don't turn out to always be the best. Like two out of the five guys you know, in 2018 are seemingly are really good. And then one of them is okay. And then another two are just bust. What's going to be the case for Carolina and what plan do they have moving forward? Which makes it so important that Cam Newton at least gives them something to look at to make their decision maybe easier and give them an, a solid option, even if they want to go out there and find a young rookie to develop with Cam still on this roster. All right, that wraps up another edition here of the Locked On Panthers podcast, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me or DM me, but first click the follow button there on Twitter, at Julian Council. Might have a guest tomorrow. I think it's still other things I want to say as we head towards this, uh, the rest of the bye week here in Carolina. But until then, take care. Thanks for listening. Love you all. Talk to you on Thursday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.